0: Welcome to Investing is the Easy Part, a podcast series designed to get you thinking differently about your money and your wealth. Here are your hosts, partners at Morella Financial Group, LLC, and affiliated with Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., Paul and Sam Morella. Hi, this is Paul,
1: and I'm Sam. Welcome to today's installment of Investing is the Easy Part. Today's topic is the importance of estate planning. So we hope you enjoy it.
2: Yeah, if investing is the easy part, estate planning is
1: close to – maybe not the hardest, but it's much closer to the harder part. Well, and it involves a topic that isn't so near and dear. But we like to start these with quotes. So today's quote is from a gentleman, a a writer named Ambrose Bierce, and he said, Death is not the end. There remains the litigation over the estate, which we say tongue-in-cheek because we want to try to help folks get around – is the ambiguity of estate planning. And the more clear-cut the direction is you have with your estate plan, we think the better off you and your heirs are going to be.
2: So you, you, as a financial advisor, you have a much better handle on estate planning because you went to law school, are a lawyer, and are part of the bar, which separates you from most of us um which I find clients get tremendous value from. Um, but let's start at the beginning. What documents do you need
1: to prepare your estate plan? So, typically, at a minimum, you want three documents. And one is familiar to most, and it's the will. And the will says if I die, this is whom I give the money to. I'm going to give it to my four children, I'm going to give it to the Red Cross, whoever it might be. Now, I think a very important distinction of that before we get going any further is that if you have beneficiary designations on life insurance or 401k plans or IRAs or any other type of investment vehicle, those assets are transferred by the beneficiary designation by what's called operation of law, and your will only disposes of the assets that are in your name alone. So So, the will is- So beneficiaries first. Beneficiaries first, and then your will through what they call the residue, would typically transfer those assets to whoever it might be that you so desire. Document number two, which it, it, it's funny, it's an estate planning document. It's called a power of attorney. And a power of attorney can be written very generally, very broadly, or very specifically. And in most cases, the ones that we talk about are one that give unfettered discretion to typically a loved one or a close personal friend whom you trust implicitly to handle your financial affairs and in most cases if you lose your mental faculties which we see a lot of today it allows somebody to make financial decisions for you in the event that you're unable to do so and the third document is an advanced directive it's, it's usually includes a medical power of attorney and also includes a living will uh, different attorneys do it differently sometimes they include the medical power of attorney in the in the general power of attorney but it does, it does describe what you want in terms of end-of-life decisions. And it allows you to dictate whether they're heroic measures medically, to be medically performed upon you or whether you know you can kind of just let me be and die in peace. So, but there, you, have, you have the ability to play that out. You have, each, each person
2: can have their own wishes expressed through the medical directive or this, this document and
1: correct. And and it's a legal document that's the handwriting. Now, what I think is equally as important, and we saw this in our own family, is that there be clear communication between the person writing the living will and the people that are going to be overseeing your medical care. Because what's going to happen to a lot of people is the medical directive is going to say one thing and the doctors are going to confirm that. So it's very, very important that, you know, communication, which we'll talk about in a little while, we think is a vital part of estate planning.
2: Yeah, in our case, it was so clearly uh, written by our family member that we didn't have to guess as to what he wanted to
1: have done. And that made it a lot easier. But the doctor still said, do you want to continue to follow this? Right. Do you want us to make any, you know, despite what the document said, the verbal authority, which at the point that point in time, he was able to do.
2: But if it was just a document without conversation around the document, it would have been a lot harder for us to execute the right. The wishes. Right. Why we get I get questions all the time from clients. Why does it even matter? Do I even need these
1: documents? You do. And, what, and the problem is you don't know when you're going to need them. If somebody was going to tell you, hey, you need a, you're need you going to need a your power of attorney document because you're going to have a stroke in August, everybody would get one prepared. But they don't give you such warning. And none of us are getting out of here alive. So I think it's very important that you have these ducks in a row because you're going to need it someday. Is that someday today or is that someday three or five or ten years down the road? So it's just preparation. It's like all of the other planning Failing to plan is planning to fail. Yeah,
2: I, I had a situation where a client died uh, without a will, and they thought everything was in joint name except she, she inherited money from her from her mother, kept it in single name, and it was I don't know fifty thousand dollars or so. Two things happened. One, it cost them five or six thousand dollars because there there wasn't a will. What do you call that? administration yeah good through it. estate administration is what they go and money went to a person that that person would have never wanted it to go to had she had a will so it was a simple thing that was overlooked and it was a nightmare to you know
1: execute mm-hmm. So just we don't even talk about legal fees but legal fees solve a lot of problems but they don't solve them for free And it's usually, and the attorneys don't really like to do it because it's arduous and it's complicated and it's time consuming. It's not the kind of fees that they like to collect. They like to do the proper planning. So the fees they collect are actually additive to your situation. Does one need a trust? So we get that question a lot. Now, in the state of Pennsylvania, which is where we are, trusts are in many cases not necessary for everybody, but they can make some sense for certain people. And I think the people that are going to need trusts over the next 20 years are the unmarried or no child folks, where if you lose your mental faculties, may need somebody to manage your financial affairs. We don't see it as often, but we used to see pretty often the the guard that everybody needed to trust and in certain states like florida california trusts are far more prevalent in a in a fourth document that you would need but in the state of pennsylvania we don't think they always make a lot of sense other than certain circumstances many of which could be taken care of with the power of attorney
2: it is something for people to think about that are contemplating retiring in a different state they should they should learn the laws and the
1: whether it's necessary in the state that they're headed to. Right. And I and, and if, you, if you move from Pennsylvania and you relocate to any of the other 49 states, each of those 49 states have different parameters for wills and powers of attorney. Now, most of the time they'll work, but you don't want to be in the state where they don't work. So usually we have them go see an additional, a new estate planning client when they relocate to a new state.
2: What happens if things
1: go wrong well they always do there's always something that's out there that isn't registered properly or doesn't have a beneficiary and and I think the best thing to ask what happens if things go wrong is to survey all of your assets everything that you own I have a home here and I have a car there and I have a bank account here and we find all the time that there are these one-off assets That are held somewhere in somebody's name, they never got transferred. In fact, just the other day, a woman brought to me that was only a $50 savings bond, but her husband bought a car 20 years ago and got a $50 savings bond. And his name was on the savings bond. And they never thought of it until he died, and she opened the drawer and said, Oh, this is just his name. And she said, How am I gonna do this? Well, I said, you know they might accept you know, a copy of the will because it's only fifty dollars, but you're gonna have to write a letter to the US Treasury, you're gonna have to go around all these things. And she said, Is it worth it? I said, No, no. It's only fifty bucks. Fortunately it wasn't fifty thousand. But most of these problems can can be solved. But they they take time and energy and money, and usually you need somebody with expertise, and that somebody with expertise is usually a lawyer. And so it gets a lot of a lot of press one of the things that we saw and i and and it still comes up all the time when some of the insurance companies like metlife and john hancock demutualized meaning they went from being owned by the policyholders to having public stock they just gave you stock they gave you 50 shares or 100 shares or 200 shares and the stocks have done reasonably well and they've appreciated in value but when they gave it to Paul Morella, they didn't give it to Paul and Tracy Morella. They didn't ask if I had a wife. They just gave me the stock. So that stock is in my name. And then when that person dies, people bring us the, the letter, the dividend statement from John Hancock or MetLife. And they say, what is this? And it's an act of God. Sometimes it costs them a couple thousand dollars to go through probate. So we think part of the estate planning is not just the document preparation, but the review of all of your assets and beneficiary designations. And it's something that I think is really, really often overlooked.
2: So estate planning is a really important facet of your overall financial planning. Fair to
1: say? Absolutely. Again, number one, nobody's getting out of here alive. And if you live a really long time, the chance of you losing your mental faculties are quite good. We didn't even talk about taxes. We would even talk about the impact of Pennsylvania inheritance tax or any state inheritance taxes or the federal estate tax, which could you know, potentially change in the not too distant future. Those are just the money aspects. How about the hassles for the kids? I mean, do you want to make it easy on them? Who do you want to have the money? We think one of the most important things about estate planning is not passing on your money, but passing on your values to your children and talking to them about how you want your hard-earned money spent over your lifetime. So there's a there's a million angles for this and I guess the message the the important takeaway from this broadcast is take a look at it. Just ask the right questions, find somebody you trust to give you an analysis of this and make sure that what you want to try to accomplish is actually in paper uh, and on writing. In ri- in writing on paper. Yeah. So Thank you for attending today's podcast on estate planning. Hopefully, you've learned a little bit of something. More importantly, hopefully, you found better questions to ask of your advisors. And check your beneficiary designations for sure. Yes, absolutely.
0: The information contained in this report does not purport to be a complete description of the securities, markets, or developments referred to in this material. The information has been obtained from sources considered to be reliable, but we do not guarantee that the foregoing material is accurate or complete. Any opinions are those of the speakers and not necessarily those of Raymond James. Expressions of opinion are as of this date and are subject to change without notice. There is no guarantee that these statements, opinions, or forecasts provided herein will prove to be correct. Investing involves a risk, and you may incur a profit or loss regardless of strategy selected. Keep in mind that individuals cannot invest directly in any index, and index performance does not include transaction costs or other fees, which will affect actual investment performance. Individual investors' results will vary. Past performance does not guarantee future results, Future investment performance cannot be guaranteed. Investment yields will fluctuate with market conditions. Raymond James and its advisors does not offer tax or legal advice. You should discuss any tax or legal matters with the appropriate professional.